hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today. Well, nice little snowy morning here on Thursday. And Minnesota Wild, unfortunately, once again, well, they wind up with two points with overtime losses, but at the end of the day, go winless in three games. Well, as they say, it is what it is. And, well, it is what it is. It's all right. And, yeah, well, I mean, not an easy week, not a good week. If you want to make the playoffs, you got to win games like this. But then again, I guess the Western Conference is just so putrid that we might make the playoffs anyway. And that's nice and everything. But, I don't know, I'd rather, like, yeah, I'd rather, like, actually look decent rather than just screw around and make the playoffs by default with, like, 88 points. But, well... Who knows? I guess the North Stars did it with 68 many years ago when the competition was even, well, the competition was much lighter back in those days. So, who knows? Not a good week for Minnesota. I hate playing Dallas. I hate playing Chicago. And I hate playing Buffalo now. My God. I mean, we used to enjoy playing the Buffalo Sabres. Now it's just like a bunch of bullcrap. All adds up to a crock of bleep. We start out the month of February in Dallas with a regulation loss. February the 1st, last Friday, 3-1 to victory for the Dallas Stars. And this, of course, i got to mention this. I did something that I very, very, very rarely do because I have a difficult schedule right now. Obviously, uh, working extra hours and I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow. So, then I have another podcast to do that I usually do on Fridays. So, I had to kind of cheat the schedule a little bit. I recorded the second segment before the first and literally just moments before the Koivu, uh, well, the result of his injury was... Uh, released. Uh, so I did not realize that he was out for the season. I realized he was injured. Obviously, I saw the injury. I saw it. Everybody saw it, and I knew it would be probably serious by the look of it. It didn't look good. It looked like he might be out a month or more. It's an ACL and an, uh, and a meniscus tear. So just letting you know ahead of time, this is maybe the second time I've ever done this with this show, other than, of course, state of the whatever shows. Sometimes those are all over the place because, well, it's a big project, and it's not as time-sensitive as these are. So I deeply apologize for that. Obviously, I know about the injury. <laughs> I knew about the injury already, So and I knew it was serious, so he's not going to be in the lineup. But, yeah, you'll hear me say, oh, we don't know how long he's going to be out. Well, we do now. It's at least the rest of this season, and who knows at this point. Doc is, there's probably no chance he would retire or anything, even though he's pushing 36 coming up here. But 36, damn. I mean, I remember him when he was drafted. I remember the day very well. I think a lot of you do, but certainly not everybody. Uh, but yeah, ACL and meniscus tear for Miko Koivu. Oh, come on, man. So yes, had to get that out and let you know the reasoning why you'll hear me in the second segment saying I'm not sure how long he's going to be out when, well, I know how long he's going to be out. It's going to be a long time, at least the rest of this year. So the bad luck continues for Minnesota in that sense. And of course, we just never went in Dallas, just never. Uh, Sagan had two goals in the game. Very frustrating. The first one was like balls. It was just like, he put the puck on net, yes. And you know what? It wasn't as crappy of a goal as it was a good shot. The accuracy and the power of the shot, the quickness the quickness of the release. But just the way it squirted through Dubnik's legs, it was just, ah, uh, it was obviously five hole way at the bottom there. Beautiful shot and everything, but mm, still extremely frustrating. It, it looked worse than it was, we'll just say. Ah, boy. Uh, Cogliano got his fourth goal of the season against Minnesota. In a lot of ways, it's just like every show now is becoming more of a state of the wild because uh, more trades and now more injuries. 
extremely frustrating, but nice to see Brad Hunt off a beautiful feed from Stahl from behind the net. That was great. Mikhail Granlin hasn't been scoring goals, but he's certainly been racking up the assists, and he had quite the highlight beauty against the Blackhawks in terms of assists on a Jason Zucker goal that was just gorgeous. I mean, Zucker and Granlin, when those guys play together and they're on, they're on their game, it is the most beautiful hockey this team can play. I mean, it is the best. It is the best in terms of Minnesota Wild entertainment. It is the best. Uh, Brad Hunt, though, again, snapping up on the place. And a great play indeed on the power play for third goal of the season. <laughs> again, I mean, like I say in the second segment, is like, uh, you know, you wonder why this guy didn't get more ice time, but it's like, obviously, there, it, there's a size issue, this and that. He's very small. But he's been productive everywhere he's gone. AHL, college, and of course, NHL. He's productive in the small sample size in the NHL. Uh, it's a shame he hasn't had more opportunities. I think back in the 80s, he would have had more opportunities. Like when smaller players were more successful. Obviously, there are small players that are successful in the NHL nowadays, too. It's just that it was more frequent back in the day, I suppose. Small, quick players like Brad Hunter does have a rocket shot, and it's uh, too bad the Wild didn't acquire him sooner, I suppose. <laughs> but we're still in the playoff hunt, pun intended. And, uh, well, it is what it is. But uh, back in the eighth seed again, which is, yay, it's nice when you make six playoff appearances, but it sucks when you're basically like the underdog in every single series you play. Kind of reminds you of the Minnesota Timberwolves in the flip and KG era. So, yeah, it's like it's nice to make it, but it sucks losing every bleep in time. I mean, every bleep in time. You're out in the first round. Of course, in the first, uh, well, second and third year, the Minnesota Wild advanced, and that was fun. But... Ever since then, it's just been out. You just out, out, out every year. Uh, Dallas Stars is a very top-heavy team, and I don't know. I just hate hearing that horn sound. It's so frustrating. <sighs> Interesting fact is that the Dallas Stars. This is their 26th season already in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Minnesota North Stars played here in Bloomington area, not where I live, and I don't live in Bloomington, but I'm just saying in Minneapolis area, but in Bloomington per se. And uh, 27 years, so to think it's already almost reached 27 years that the Stars left Minnesota, the Minnesota North Stars left uh, Bloomington, it's unbelievable. And it's really sad to think that uh, it'll be split half and half by the end of next season. Drives me nuts. I was just thinking about that before I started recording today. It's disappointing and kind of sad, you know. It's uh, heartbreaking, actually. It's been that long, and we're all getting older, aren't we? We all are. All of us that remember the North Stars, we're... We're aging. Time is not stopping for us. So, a back-to-back situation, which of course means the newly signed three-year contract, Alex Stalock, will be in net, which is great, obviously. Certainly a cap-friendly contract indeed. 785 a year for the next three years. One-way deal and all that, so Alex Stalock will be the backup goalie at the very least for the foreseeable future, and his contract actually outlasts uh, Devin Dubnik in the final year. So Dubnik will be an unrestricted free agent in 21-22, where Stalock will be in the final year of his current contract. Kapo Kakinen, more than likely, will be the goaltender at some point, I gotta think, uh, competing with Alex Stalock for the starting minutes down the line. Who knows, Devin Dubnik very possibly could be traded at some point. Uh, 4.3 million a year is pretty good, though. Yeah, four, well, it's 4.3333, basically, so... Spread out. He's 32 already as Dubnik, and Alex Stalick is 31. That's not that old for goalies, though. We all remember how long certain people last. Uh, Pontus Abert put on the IR as well. Very disappointing there. As he missed some time, and now he's officially on the IR. He'll be out for a bit, uh, as is uh, Dumba, of course, for the foreseeable future. $6 million a year for that guy in 
that Dumba. Nobody's really disappointed about that. Aberg will be a restricted free agent once we talk in the uh, offseason and all that with uh, arbitration and all that crap that we all like to deal with. It's so much fun. So much fun. Let's talk about the Blackhawks game. It's like, as usual, just, I don't know, it was just Chicago versus Minnesota. Again, a lot of the a lot of the usual suspects, but again, nice fake shot by Granlin that put the Wild up one nothing on the power play. Granlin and Zucker, again, when they play well, the chemistry is great. Debrinkat, now that I think I'm saying it right, Debrinkat, <laughs> I don't think I'll ever say it right, but uh, 26th goal of the year. What an unbelievable pick. Uh, Dylan Stone as well, one of the valuable young pieces for the Chicago Blackhawks working together on the assist. Uh, Eric Gustafson would get a couple goals in the game including the OT winner. Again, the Wild at least squeak out a point in this one, and it looked like they were going to lose after Jonathan Taves scored his uh, 23rd goal of the season on the power play. Jonathan Taves way ahead of last year's pace. Blackhawks, in general, ahead of last year's pace, but still significantly under 500. So they still got their work cut out for them if they're going to squeak into the postseason. And if they do, watch out, because they get to play the underdog role. Every time they made the playoffs the last several years, they were the heavy favorites. And then you know, funny stuff could happen, like the National Predators. Maybe the Blackhawks could be that miracle underdog team this year. Uh, Victor Rask, only a second goal of the season, tying it up with three minutes remaining. That was pretty cool. Greenway, Greenway and Felino adding assists there. They're kind of working together on the third line. Kind of a weird situation here. Of course, Koivu also big part in this game. He did well. He would score his final game of the season. Unfortunately, little did we know. Little did we know, Quaiva would finish with eight goals this year because of what would take place in Buffalo in a few in a few days here, unfortunately. Um, definitely a sad situation, but no, I mean, this is a game, obviously, the Wild should, you, you need to take care of business against this team, but it's just, it's just a mental thing. It's like the Yankees and the Twins, the Timberwolves and the Lakers for the longest time. Um, it's really Yankees-Twins-like, though. It really is. It's ridiculous. Like, really? Like, you can't beat this team. You just cannot do it, and it's ridiculous. And remember how we did have some regular season success against them, and then here would come the playoffs, and it was the same old story, where now it's like, well, since the Blackhawks don't make the playoffs, they just do this in the regular season to us, too. Just these, whatever. Just everything goes their way down the stretch. Even though the Wild, it's not like they played poorly in this game. They just didn't play good enough. you you got to be ahead. you got to protect the puck. Oh, you got to protect your goalie, this and that. And Colin Delia would get his, would get another win against the Minnesota Wild. Patrick Kane miraculously didn't score in the game, but he did set up Jonathan Taves with a nice little uh, bail, basically deflection, change of direction. Basically, it wasn't even a one timer. Taves basically just, yeah, it was just a change of direction on the shot, and it got past Alex Stalock. De- Debrinket uh, got his <laughs> had a three point game. One goal is 26 of the year. Unbelievable. And two assists. And again, Dylan Strom, also very strong game for the Chicago Blackhawks. Eric Gustafson, though, the defenseman, just, again, putting the puck on net and doing a great job. One of the top defensemen there now working with Duncan Keith as the age continues to take over some of these players on Chicago. A great overall strong performance for the... <laughs> great overall strong performance for the... Uh, Chicago Blackhawks at the end of the day and uh, definite disappointment when you think about the uh, <laughs> when, you, when you think about the Minnesota Wild in this one. Oh man. Mm, but Victor Rask, nice to see him get his first goal with the Wild. Nice play and all that, but again, the guy's not been all too impressive, but at least he got something out of it I suppose. And again, Jason Zucker only his 14th goal of the season. Koivu only his 8th and JT Brown 
And Mr., uh, well, he didn't play in the game in Nick Steeler's case, but J.T. Brown playing probably his last game with the Minnesota Wild at this point. Only got in for about four minutes. But uh, J.T. Brown has been unproductive the whole season. I've been mentioning it pretty much every game. Uh, Eric Fair's back, and it's good to have him. But, uh, you know, he's been kind of oft injured a bit at times this year. But when he's been in there, he's been very valuable. Matt Hendricks is, you know, he's kind of, you know, obviously you love him. He's a great in the locker room, just like Prosser. Barely functional, but I would say he's better than J.T. Brown. And, again, it's no offense. It's just J.T. Brown is kind of like another, uh, what's that guy's name? Jordan Schrader. He's just like another Jordan Schrader, to be quite honest. You know, he's got the speed. He's got this. He's got that. He's a small guy who scored very well in college, and he's really good in the minor leagues, and he doesn't do anything. You know, AHL, and he doesn't do anything at the NHL level. And I loved Jordan Schrader, so it's no offense to J.T. Brown. I like J.T. Brown, sure, but not at the NHL level, unfortunately. Uh, Nick Steeler, only seven minutes in this game. Crazy. But the Wild were kind of having to play comeback most of the game, and it's annoying. Like, you've got your first goal. You actually were the first team to score in this game, which is great. Uh, that nice play again. Uh, the I think the highlight play of the game, honestly. That spectacular fake shot by Granlin and it zipped the puck over to uh, uh, Zucker for the one-timer. That was a great play. But um, at the end of the day, just an overall frustrating loss as you just you have to keep playing from behind uh sealer obviously is gonna is not gonna get a ton of minutes in that situation you're trying to get caught up Suter though i don't understand it he's back to 29 minutes again spurgeon 28 i can kind of understand that it's okay but i mean Suter in his condition he's very slow out there he's slow he's not the same guy he hasn't been the same guy all season let's be honest but uh, I do like the combination of Hunt and Steeler. Small guy with offense and the big, tough defenseman, big stalwart defenseman and Steeler. It's a good combination. So what do the Wild do in the next game? What do the Wild do? They put in a guy named Anthony Bieto that was claimed off of waivers. As uh, Again, I rudely in the second segment didn't even get to some of your comments because <laughs> half the time I don't get a whole lot of comments on the Facebook page because sometimes I'm not active enough, but this week I was quite active. It wasn't even as much of that, but uh, another... National Predator claimed Anthony Bieto last week during the course of, well, what would have been last week's show. This would have been on last week's show, which probably also threw me off if there was a show last week. But, of course, again, coming out of the bye, there was no games to talk about. Maybe I could have done a tiny, brief little news clip, but, eh, you know, it's like whatever. But Anthony Bieto, very, you know, hasn't done a whole lot in his career. Just not a whole lot to talk about with the guy. Left shot, medium-sized guy, about six foot. You put him in in the Buffalo game, and the guy just, he's just a nothing burger. He's just a nothing burger. You don't see any offense, and this defense was strange. And I don't know. Let's let's get to this Buffalo game as soon as possible here. I'm not impressed at all with this guy. And I don't know. It's kind of like, literally like, what's his name? Oh, what's his name? Mr. Boudreaux is so frustrated with these moves, these these trades that have not been good, frankly. Um Fletcher stunk at trades too, by the way. But, uh, and obviously, the structure of the team didn't make a whole lot of sense. Everybody was left. I mean, I know it's Minnesota and everything, and and how Minnesota likes to lean left, you know, and all that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just playing around. But, uh, I mean, for crying out loud, you got to have somebody that shoots right. And obviously, that's one good thing about this guy. Now, Bieto's not a left shot, or not a right shot, pardon me. He's a left shot. And, um, some of these moves are strange. I like Rask, obviously very slow. Niederreiter was not producing here. So again, it's the old sugar high. You know, Nino Niederreiter is on a sugar high right now. Come next season or later this year, do you think he's going to be great again? Do you think he's going to make uh, Carolina great again? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to do it. <laughs> Look at me doing all these political things here. I'm just messing around, though. 
He's not. He's he's on a sugar high. Uh, Victor Rask, unfortunately, didn't give us a whole lot of a sugar high, whereas uh, Aberg did a little bit, and uh, there are some frustrating angles with that guy as well. His defense is just weird. Like, he's just out of position on occasion, and you don't know what to think about it. But uh, Victor Rask has not been impressive. Nice goal, though, to help tie the game up. We appreciate that, but generally speaking, very frustrating. Uh, Cunning and, again, <laughs> Cunning and Kyle Rao called up. Mr. Brown and Prosser put on waivers. And, of course, he makes space for Anthony Beato. Yay, that's where you send down Prosser, who shoots from the right side. I'd rather have Prosser than Beato. So I don't know what this guy's thinking. I don't know. It's like a signal of, I don't care about your damn locker room. I'm going to trade half of you anyway, which I get to a point because this team is so gosh darn inconsistent. Okay, we consistently make the playoffs, but because we're so damn inconsistent, we're always the eighth seed. You go in this hot streak and then a bad streak. Hot streak, bad streak. Oh, now here here we come again. We're going to make it. Yeah, we made it and we lost in five games. And we made it again and we lost in six games. And... Yeah, and then, wow, we're like one of the best teams in the league and we're getting shut out by this goalie named Jake Bleepin' Allen who had some potential and two years later is like looked on as like one of the biggest disappointments out there. Whatever. Every bleepin' year, it's some bullcrap. <sighs> we were the number two team in the league that year, which is really rare. <laughs> We've never had that kind of a record. But um, Anthony Bieto, though, I don't know, man. The guy's slow. The guy's a ghost at best. He plays more minutes than Steeler in this game with the uh, the Wild. Would you rather have Anthony Beato or Nick Steeler? And it's almost kind of like Boudreaux's like, yeah, you know what? Since you're going to make these weird moves, I'm going to show you what these players can do. And Anthony Beato out there looked like he didn't even know what he's doing. I mean, he looked clueless, especially on the first Buffalo goal. It was just like, what the flip Saunders was he doing? I mean, it was the worst thing I've ever seen. He looked like he's just kind of grabbing his glove, all kind of casual, skating to the left. Well, well, Rodriguez the puck and the puck are going to the right, and there's nobody there, and that's all there was to say on the power play. I, I, I'm not sure what was going on there. I, I don't know. I'm very confused. Um, I don't know what Anthony Bieto was doing there. He, he looked like a just complete clueless player, and I don't know what he was doing. It's like, okay, miscommunication, but that's the kind of miscommunication that doesn't make any sense. Like, that was just stupid. Like, where is he going? I, mean, I don't know. He wasn't even looking. He's just kind of skating backwards. and or No, he wasn't skating backwards. That's the thing. He was skating away from the puck. And just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm readjusting his glove. And next thing you know, there's the goal. And, okay, one one moment, one play does not dis- does not define a whole player. Does not define the whole sample size of player. But I saw nothing out of this guy that tells you he's really even an NHL player. He's just a nothing burger. And, I don't know, maybe this is Boudreaux kind of saying, okay, Mr. Fl- uh, I almost called him Fletcher, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Fenton, since it's still an F word, right? It's another F word. Mr. Fenton, <laughs> F word. okay, sorry. Here's your players. Here's the players you're acquiring. Yay! Let's let's see just how great they are. Yay! And then just like what he did when he put Victor Rask, him being Boudreaux, as the opening guy on the shootout, and he, it didn't look good. It, it, in fact, he was just downright pathetic. He mishandled the puck. Mishandled the puck, and that was all she wrote. It was like the equivalent. Of a guy going for a layup or whatever the heck against maybe okay there would be defense but he just dribbled off his foot he didn't even attempt the shot it's just just like he dribbled off his foot if it's if you're thinking about basketball that's basically the equivalent of what uh, Mr. Rask did it was awful um, Spurgeon was spectacular in the game I thought he had a wonderful week I think he's been playing great this whole time and he's really stepped up in Dumb and Dumb's absence especially the past month or so just awesome. Uh, 
Again, Granlin continuing to pile on the assists. He doesn't score goals, but he does get the assists, and he continues to do it. Casey Middlestad, you figured he'd score up, he'd show up in the stat sheet somehow, some way, and he did, getting his tenth assist in the game. And Rasmus Dahlin's sixth goal of the, of the uh, season. Another guy on Buffalo who's got a wonderful future. It's a good team, boy. Eichel, Middlestad, and Dahlin all working together on this power play, and uh, that put the Buffalo Sabers up three to one. C.J. Smith would get his second goal. Spurgeon had tied it up to that awful play by Beato earlier. Play by Beato and uh, his uh, line mate, uh, Brad Hunt, as well. Uh, line mate, his uh, defensive pairing, Brad Hunt. Neither one of them played particularly great defensively in there. Uh, Spurgeon, though, again, two goals in the game. Big, strong performance. Uh, Luke Cunning would get two assists in the game, one on the Spurgeon goal, one on the Coyle goal. Both Coyle and Spurgeon with 10 goals in the season. Coyle's now at 28 points as he continues to step up a bit, and he's going to have to now. He's the second-line center for the Minnesota Wild for the... Rest of the season. He is the second line center for the Minnesota Wild for the rest of the season. So the odds of him getting traded are, I, I don't know, it depends on what we're getting back, I guess. I don't think you can trade him. Um, you can, you can, but who do you plug in as the second line center if you trade Coyle? His value just shot way up. And, well, Coyle, here it is. Golden opportunity, Charlie Coyle. You are the second line center for the rest of the year and going into the postseason if this team does make it. This is it, Chuck. This is it, Charlie. Step it up and, uh, Good job here. Good job here at the very least. Very much so. Uh, Sam Reinhardt with his 13th goal as well along the way. He made it 4-3, to three, putting the uh, Buffalo Sabres up 4-3 to three early in that third period. The Wild would go with the empty net and Parisi. Oh, boy. Whew. After a pretty good, uh, some nice attempts by Coyle. Thought the puck was going to go in, and then Parisi ends up finishing. Now, Spurgeon's first goal was a beautiful wraparound, i got to say. That was some nice stuff. Wraparounds don't usually happen in the NHL, and you don't expect a defenseman to do a wraparound. It's kind of scary because, yeah, you're giving up the whole lane if you fail and if the puck somehow deflects outward. So luckily, yes, it was a risky move by Spurgeon, but it was a really well-executed play. I have to say, it was freaking awesome at the end of the day. Uh, Cunning, again, two assists in the game. Nice to see him stepping up. as This is his opportunity now for sure. I think the general manager made the right decision on this one. I mean, JT Brown, right shot, whatever. Why the bleep? Why? Just why? I'd rather have Kyle Rao. Even though Kyle Rao's going to play left, will you have some right right shots as well along the way? Luke Cunning does shoot right. Thank God in heaven. He can play center as well, but that's mostly at the AHL level that he plays center. He's a, he's a wing in the NHL right now. Maybe eventually he can be a center. I, I don't see him as one at the moment. He just doesn't even, he doesn't even look like a center to me. But it depends on what level he's playing, I suppose. But seven points or, yeah, on the season now for Conan. One goal, six assists. He's helping out. And, well, he is a factor. It's just you hope at some point he can become like a legitimate scorer. He looked like a sniper in college. And it looked so intriguing. And then in, in the AHL, you know, he was okay last year. And then a little above okay. And then he got back to the NHL for the second time. And then ACL happened. It was just devastating because he was progressing. He was progressing very nicely. He was getting better and better at the AHL level, came up to the NHL, looked really ready to go, and then ACL. And this year started off very slow, got a little bit better, and then got significantly better. Uh, he's definitely a step ahead of last year in terms of his play in the AHL. His production at the NHL level, about the same, I would say. About the same as last year. But uh, I do think his career is progressing, generally speaking, I guess. <laughs> and now, well, Yul Eriksson-Eck. is going to be a center again. He's going to have to be the third-line center, I guess. I mean, or is, uh, 
I think Victor Rask, the fourth line center. But no, no, it's, it's going to be Erickson Eck is going to be the fourth line center, or actually he might even play wing, depending on the situation. Because you figure Stahl's top line center, Coyle has got to be second line center. He's got to be. That's just common sense to me. Victor Rask, third. And then uh, Eck, Fair, whoever, fourth line center. Eck and Fair are kind of the two guys for that. Um, that's where you stand, I suppose. And maybe Coyle moves to the wing. You can. But I think he should be the second-line center for the Wild. This is his golden opportunity to really show what he can do as a second-line center, which is what a lot of people thought he was going to be a long time ago. Maybe even the top-line center is what people were hoping a long, long time ago. It's also an opportunity for Zach Parisi to be the captain, which I think he should be. I think Zach Parisi should be the captain. Um, uh, if you're going to name another uh, uh, alternate, it's oh, it's 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 Eric Stahl without a doubt. It's going to be Eric Stahl unless he's traded, and I think the chances of him getting traded have also slimmed mightily. Uh, awful shootout though for Minnesota. Nice to see that uh, <laughs> Dubnik was able to go Eichel into a miss, but Rask was awful. Middlestad missed also. Zucker had an opportunity, could not finish, and Parisi also got knocked away. Reinhardt ultimately finishes past Dubnik again. It squirted through the five-hole again on Dubnik. It looked like Dubnik had it, and the puck went through, and he didn't even realize it. And, yeah, unfortunately, that's what took place. And then again, Parisi's puck was deflected wide. That was all she wrote. Victory for Buffalo, loss for Minnesota. The <clears throat> the Mike Modano slash Neil Broughton award for this episode is going to be Jared Spurgeon. That's the second in a row, actually. Awesome performance. Very strong game against Buffalo. Generally speaking, he has just been great defensively, great offensively. He has stepped up. He is the best defenseman on Minnesota. He's been the best defenseman for a while, to be quite honest. Uh, Suter is the most accomplished defenseman, but Spurgeon, I mean, (laughs) man, if only Suter didn't have this huge contract, I would be more willing to trade Suter than Spurgeon, but Spurgeon might end up getting traded at some point, and I think that'd be a crying shame. I think the day this team loses Spurgeon, and you don't have a legit guy to replace him, boy, oh boy, welcome to the uh, doldrums of the NHL again. Yeah, Minnesota, for a while there, we were in that below-average range where we were for years and years. We missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs, but we never get a high pick. We'd get, like, the 10th pick, the 9th pick, 7th pick, and all that when you want to get a top three. So... I don't know, that might be what happens if Spurgeon's traded. It might be where the Wild wind up. Especially when you have guys like Anthony Bieto out there. <laughs> no offense. God bless you, Anthony Bieto. You might be the coolest guy in the world, but I don't know. Um hope I'm wrong, but I don't understand that one very much. And I don't know. I don't understand some of these moves. And if Michael Russo's questioning you, I think that's a problem. The... James Shepard Memorial. I don't know. It seems like some of these trades, some of these moves, I, I don't know. I mean, JT Brown has been invisible all season. Victor Rask, he scored a goal, so I can't give it to him. Uh, I want to give it to him because he stinks out there half the time, but I can't. Zucker's been invisible, but he scored a goal very recently as well. Parisi Grandland, no way I'm giving it to them. Stall, no. Greenway, hell no. Uh, he's one of the major positives. Ah. I'm not a fan of Greg Pattern. I don't think a lot of people are. It's like Pattern Beato kind of. I just I'm not a fan. And this Brodine Pattern pairing is just it, it's let's just call it this unfortunate. It's an unfortunate pairing. You're not going to get anything offensively, and Pattern makes so many mistakes. I don't understand that contract. I mean, I don't understand the guy's contract. It's uh, really you know. I mean, uh, again, over two million a year for Greg Pattern. He's better than the clown we had last year. <laughs> I, forget, I keep forgetting that guy's name. The first, like, 
first half of the year before we acquired Prosser. That guy was a joke. Um, one and a half million piece of crap, that guy. But uh, I don't know. Patterns, he is better than that guy, but I don't know. 2.25 billion for Craig Pattern? Uh, I don't know. He's better than Beato. That's about it. Yeah, let's just let it go. I mean, when you think Sealer's making 725, if you had a choice, if you had to choose between Sealer and Pattern, I'd pick Sealer. I would pick Steeler, and Steeler's making seven twenty-five. Wrap your head around that. So it just kind of is what it is. I, again, I mean, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? It's it's just the way of the world, I guess. Uh, welcome to my workplace. You know, do you think I'm not better than certain people that are making more? Yeah, I mean, I think we all can relate to that. I think we all can relate to that. At least most of us. Maybe you're one of the people that's paid more that isn't as good. But yeah, we'll let that go. Ah, uh, that move. So I, I better get to the Facebook page a little bit here. This is a weird show, and I apologize. Again, Anthony Beato claimed to have waivers, no comments. The Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash brave the wild, facebook.com forward slash brave the wild. And I was saying how 11 years ago, my podcasting career started with Paladino Live episode number one. And uh, well, yep, it was 11 years ago on the 28th of January. So pretty cool. 11 years now doing podcasts. And this is the 200th episode of Brave the Wild. So this show started in late August when I was talking about Marion Gabrick. So yes, Marion Gabrick was still on the wild. He just didn't play a whole lot in his final season with Minnesota. And that was very frustrating. Then uh, Minnesota offered him a massive contract, huge, like $10 million a year type of contract. And he said, adios, amigo, I don't care. I'm going into the New York Rangers. And then he did. The team he scored four goals against the year before. Or should I say five goals against the year before when he was a little healthier. Another move that was made, again, like I said, the Alex Daylock three-year contract, seven eighty-five. Joe Weller, kind enough to comment. Thanks, Joe. Uh, also from Minnesota Wild Hardcore, says, uh, that's a great team-friendly contract. He is as solid as a backup as you'll find in this league. Congrats, Alex. And I couldn't agree more, Joe. Thank you for that. Uh, Very cool. And the Wild also acquired defenseman Michael Kapla, which I mentioned on in the second segment as well in the prospects area when I was talking about the Iowa Wild. So again, this was a Ryan Murphy, kind of a minor league deal, but Kapla, he's okay. He's okay. Again, we're going from right to left. So interesting. Again, Prosser and Brown now on the Iowa Wild. Right shot Prosser and right shot Brown. This and that. And again, the Quavu injury. Jason Catterlick. Simply showing uh, many, many, many tears coming down. Rivers of tears coming down with the uh, the loss of Miko Quavu for the remainder of the season. So, very disappointing there. Also, major shout out to MNW prospects. MNW Prospects. I'm so used to MNW players, but it's MNW Prospects. I'm an admin on that page. Thank you. Merrick Skyba and of course Pavel Bennett who started that page. Thank you guys very much. Czech Republic frequent poster on Minnesota Wild Hardcore which I'm also a uh, subscriber to, so to speak. A subscriber or a regular poster when I'm able to, of course. My work schedule sometimes gets in the way with that, unfortunately, with the, in the game threads. But I do my best keeping up with everything and, of course, covering the team. Thank God for modern technology and replay, you know, when they replay the whole game again. So with certain schedules and such, got to get caught up and all that. But uh, very much enjoy that webpage. Uh, thanks again. Jim Metal, Sarah Metal on that page. Chad Walski, great people on there. Again, Joe Weller, also part of things. Joe Weller likes to mix it up on occasion, but eh, he's, he's, he's a good guy, though. He's, he's a well-meaning person. He just likes to tease you sometimes if he doesn't agree with your comment. That's all. But that's uh, welcome to the Internet, right? Welcome to the Internet. With that said, this has been a very long first segment because things are what they are. We'll be right back after this. 
Segment number two, going to preview four games coming out of this break after reviewing the last three. Of course, we'll check in with the prospects and all that, continue to look at the state of the wild, their line combinations that are ever-changing, all that good stuff. So we're going to keep keep an eye on that, of course. But yeah, well, the three games up and coming will be the Edmonton Oilers, New Jersey Devils, New York Islanders, and the Philadelphia Flyers. So it's going to be an interesting up-and-coming schedule. It's going to, kind of thinking mixed results here, unfortunately. Edmonton Oilers are kind of a mess. Obviously, they're very talented. Good power play. They give up goals. Despite having some of the best players in the league, at least two of them anyway, after that, it's just kind of like, well, hmm. And uh, Miko Koskinen, not certainly as good as he was earlier in the season, though he has become the goalie of the future and the goalie of the present. Kelm Talbot. It will be the backup now, obviously giving up <laughs> almost three and a half goals a game. Miko Koskinen, though, just under three goals a game himself, 2.89 goals against. Three shutouts on the year, though, obviously with that strong start early. Kind of reminds you a little bit of Kapu Kakinen. I guess we can call him Kapu Kakinen now, as he uh, had a really successful all-star break and all that for the AHL. That was cool. He won the award, and <laughs> that was awesome. He won the award as the best goalie in the skills competition. Pretty awesome showing for Kapu it's Kapo Kakinen. I was calling him Kapo Kakinen. I thought it was right, but I guess it's the opposite. So, uh, opposite, I guess. We'll just go with that. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins having a really nice season for the Edmonton Oilers. Last year, he, he had a really nice start, and it was like, wow, he's finally starting to look like the player they hoped he might be someday. Well, he's certainly doing a great job as the second-line center for the Edmonton Oilers. 49 points on the season, 16 goals along the way. 31 goals for both Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle, the two stars of the Edmonton Oilers. Of course, 31 goals apiece, like I just said. 78 points for Connor McDavid. Right at the top of the NHL there. Again, Leon Dreisettle, fantastic as well. But after that, it's just, you know, after Ryan Nugent Hopkins, it's a massive drop. Uh, Darnell Nurse had one of his six goals against the Wild last time around. That was frustrating and the Wild have not played this team very well at all, but if you're going to be playing them, now's the time to do it, as they've lost all of their last five games. 7-4 to four demolition, a home game against the Carolina Hurricanes. 3-2 to two loss at home against Detroit. Yuck. Philadelphia's won like X amount of games in a row. That's going to be a tougher game than most of us want to believe. 5-4 to four loss at Philadelphia, like I said, Feb the 2nd. Back-to-back loss on Feb the 3rd at Montreal. And then a 6-2 to two demolition to Chicago, who has also been playing significantly better. And we talked about them in the first segment. Oh, boy. Just frustrating. They're playing way better, and watch out. <laughs> watch out, I guess. I, I, I guess we better watch out. One team we don't have to watch out for is Edmonton until we play them, I suppose. So let's watch out enough. I think the Wild can and should win this game. I uh, love the way Jared Spurgeon has been playing. He's just been unbelievable. Of late, 32 points on the season. Uh, multi-goal game, as you heard in the first segment. Um, just incredible. I expect him to score a game against uh, score a goal against the Edmonton Oilers, his hometown. I, I just have to do it. I love the way he's playing. I love how he's doing. He'll factor in the scoring one way or another. 32 points on the season. He's going to get to the 40s, finally. Not going to go at Wood. He doesn't get hurt. Please don't get hurt this time, as the poor guy 
Oh, he was on route for about 50 points last year, and then he had that injury that ate up so much time, and it was so devastating. But uh, we'll see. Hopefully Jerry's Persian can get there. Well, if you're going to pick a win, you better win this one. Please beat the Edmonton Oilers. Out of all these teams, please beat the Edmonton Oilers. Um, frustrating loss to Philadelphia earlier this year when they didn't know who their goalie was. They sure have seemingly have found one at the moment, and they're playing great hockey. They're about 500, the Philadelphia Flyers. They're obviously the bookend, the other the other bookend, anyway, of this uh, four-game schedule this upcoming week. you got to win this game, guys. Home game, Minnesota has really struggled at home about 500 in Excel Energy Center this season versus last year after December. What did they lose? Two regular <laughs> regulation games at home last year until the postseason, of course, when things went the way they did. But, well... The Wild did win one of those home games against Winnipeg, I suppose, but overall a very frustrating one-sided series was that one. Just beat the Oilers. That's all I got to say. Uh, Minnesota's going to win this game 4-2. to two. Jared Spurgeon will score in the, in the game, I think. He'll get his 11th goal one way or another, and Minnesota wins the game if it's empty net, if it's a clutch goal to put the Wild up 3-2 to two late in the third period, whatever it is, but I think Minnesota beats the Edmonton Oilers. At home in Exo Energy Center. Oh, boy. We're due to beat the Edmonton Oilers. It's been really, really frustrating. Then you head to New Jersey. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's been a devil of a time with the New Jersey Devils. Um, they're not good right now, but the Wild never beat this bleeping team. It doesn't matter who's good, who isn't. Uh, they have a great penalty kill. They're still the New Jersey Devils of the old days in a lot of ways. Defensive-minded at times. Of course, good penalty kill, this and that. They don't have the goaltending they once did. Ah, boy, they really don't. Uh, Keith Kincaid, who replaced the injured Corey Schneider, who had been out since last season, obviously came back this year, has not been the same guy at all. Heck, he's only been in nine games. He's only started seven of them. He's giving up about five goals a game. Keith Kincaid had that awesome start, but it's like he's this career backup and this and that, and he's in and out of the AHL at times. He had this amazing start to the season, but he's giving up over three goals a game. It's unbelievable. It really is. Uh, even Taylor Hall, well, he's missed so much time. He's been on the IR for a, forever, about 20 games now, and it's too bad because he's a hell of a player. This will give the Wild a legitimate chance to win the game, i got to think. I think the Wild could beat this team, and I think they should without Taylor Hall. But <laughs> And Keith Kincaid is just not that good. It's just a weird matchup. Again, 3.18 goals against average. Not even 90% save percentage after three shutouts earlier in the season. Something called McKenzie Blackwood also has seen some time, but he's actually been very successful. I would be a little bit worried if we did see McKenzie Blackwood just because, you know, beginner's luck, kind of like Keith Kincaid or early start, whatever, first couple games, 6-4 and four record, 2.37 GGA for him, almost 9.3 save percentage. Again, two shutouts in those 11 starts for McKenzie Blackwood. So I'd be much more worried if I saw him than Keith Kincaid. So we all know how things can go. Uh, not a high-scoring team outside of Taylor Hall. Uh, Nico Hershier is... Well, he's come along. He's better than last year. He's got 16 goals, 36 points. He's strong, obviously. Good, strong offensive player. He's not where they'd like him to be, I'm sure, yet. But it's all a matter of time. Number one overall pick last season. Not last summer, but last season for the New Jersey Devils. The Devils, 2-3 and three in their last five. Literally just back and forth, back and forth. So here we go. If the pattern continues, the Wild will beat the uh, New Jersey Devils. So I'm actually feeling more optimistic right now than I was before. Probably go in a different direction. <clears throat> Same record, but different direction. And <laughs> hint. hint. Uh, lose to Anaheim in uh, at home. 3-2 to two loss. They beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. 6-3. to three. Impressive on the 28th. Very impressive win there. Uh, lose at home to the New York Rangers. 
This is weird. They lose at home to the New York Rangers. Four to three. You beat Montreal three to two. You get killed by the Kings. The Kings. But again, Jonathan Quick is playing better and the Kings are playing a little bit better, but five to one. Five to one. Well, I guess they're getting that twenty twelve magic back again, the LA Kings over the New over the New Jersey Devils. Five to one though. Man. So I'm guessing maybe the New Jersey Devils find a way to beat the New York Islanders who have been playing very well this year. Incredible goaltending in New York. We're talking about them next. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, Metropolitan Division rivals, of course. And then they play Minnesota two days later. I think the Wild will beat the uh, New Jersey Devils on the road. I think they will. I The Wild have played better on the road than at home half of the time this year. It's kind of weird. I like the Wild's chances, actually, believe it or not, even though it's been a rotten stretch here despite some good games just before it. It figures. You go on this wonderful run right before the break and the bye and all that, and then you lose all three games. It's just, that figures. In close fashion for the most part, except for that yucky Dallas game. Um, I don't know, but I think the Wild will beat the Edmonton Oilers and the New Jersey Devils. I think the Wild do beat the Devils. Again, a 4-2 to type of game. Why not go 4-1? to That'd be great. But maybe it'll be 4-3. to It might be one of those weird games. Very possible. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the most likely guy to score, let's go with Zach Parisi. It's time for him to score against his old club. It's time for him to have some success against his old club in the old building, and he's had a great run. He'll get at least his 22nd goal if he doesn't score one or two against the uh, Edmonton Oilers, which should be just fine as me. Some 5-2 to two butt kicking, maybe two goals for Parisi, but who knows? I'm going to pick him to score at least his 22nd goal against his old club, which would be great. 4-2, to 4-3 to three type of game. Maybe it will be a little sloppy. Even though this team doesn't score, the teams just like the teams like this always seem to find a way to score against Minnesota. I, I just it drives you crazy. Uh, Kyle Palmieri is officially their leading scorer at the moment because again Taylor Hall has missed 19 games officially. Uh, Palmieri with 23 goals on the season, kind of going Jason Zucker on it. More goals than assists, 23 and 17. And again, Nico Hirschier obviously still got a nice future in the league. Hopefully, but yeah. Uh, He's not, he's not there yet, but I'd sure take him right now. 36 points in the 48 games. I'd sure take a guy like that right now. <laughs> I I would, but I, I do pick the Wild to win that game. Unfortunately, though, I think things change quickly here. Back-to-back situation. Will Alex Daylock be a net against the Islanders or the New Jersey Devils? I'm guessing we're going to have uh, Dubnik against the Devils, and poor Staylock's going to have to go against the uh, New York Islanders. But then again, I, it's going to be a low-scoring game. I have a feeling Stalock is going to be really, really, really good in this game. But uh, the New York Islanders, way, way beyond what they were last year when they were a non-playoff team. Just complete difference. Very impressive season. Uh, their goaltending was just an absolute mess last year. And remember, they had John Tavares leading the way. So go figure. I guess they've just gone more defensive-minded, and it's really done wonders for this team. They're winning the Metropolitan Division. And... Yeah, I mean, I'm happy for them. They're they're only up by one. Uh, they're only up by one win, basically two points. Though Washington has one more game played than the Islanders, so that helps their cause. Pittsburgh is only four points behind. It's a close division, but the Isles have hung on and fourteen games above five hundred. So not bad, not bad at all. Carolina even is actually only eight points behind, if you can believe that. They're still hanging on and five games above five hundred. Good team with uh, Nino Niederreiter with five goals in five games. That son of a gun <laughs> figures, doesn't it? Oh, Robin Liner, who struggled in the past with other teams. Just two goals a game and three shutouts. Incredible. 93% save percentage. Uh, Thomas Grace, also out of Germany. Three shutouts for him as well. 2.39 goals against average. Awesome goal, goalie tandem for the uh, New York Islanders. Matthew Barzal is leading the team in scoring. 
good for him. Uh, again, no more John Tavares, no more number one overall pick type of guy. But they're hanging on, and they're balanced, to balanced attack. Brock Nelson's got 17 goals. Anders Lee's got 18 goals to lead the way in the goals department. But overall, Matthew Barzal, the leading point getter and all that. 15 power play assists for Matthew Barzal. A couple of game-winning goals and all that. Uh, Anders Lee's definitely their sniper with 18 goals. Again, not a spectacular number, but certainly good. Nick Letty has tacked in 18 points along the way. 10 power play assists for that power play quarterback out of Minnesota, of course. Only one year with the Gophers in limited time. Uh, we've always had some uh, Minnesota ties to this team. Cal Clutterbuck still hanging around from the Nino Niederreiter trade years ago. Only 14 points for him, but obviously leads the club in hits. No, he doesn't. Matt Martin leads the club in hits. That's funny. Matt Martin. <laughs> might, might as well be Mad Martin, I suppose. But <laughs> Well, not bad. Not bad at all. I remember Thomas Hickey scoring a late goal against us. I think that must have been last year because he doesn't have any. But Or at least he factored in one of them. He's only got four points on the season. Oh, so frustrating. As you remember, the Wild just have always struggled against this team. I don't think the Wild win against the New York Islanders, despite they have not been playing well. That's why their lead is so slim right now. 3-1 to one loss, most recently to Boston on the 5th. 4-2... to two, uh, let, Let's go backwards. Through, they shut out the Anaheim Ducks on January the 20th. They lose on the road to the Chicago Blackhawks 3-2. to two. They get shut out by Tampa Bay. Vasilevsky getting the job done there. Good for him. Jeez. Uh, LA Kings, they beat Jonathan Quick there, 4-2. to two. And then again, a loss to Tuka Rask. Now, the winningest goaltender in Boston Bruins history, which is pretty impressive when you think how long that team's been around. Damn. Tuka Rask. It's not like he's been around forever or anything. He's been around since about 2012. He's been their starting goalie. I suppose he got backup games behind Tim Thomas during their 2011 championship season. The only, uh, the only uh, time the Boston Bruins joined the Boston Championship Party. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, only 11 championships since 2001. That's all. Minnesota, how many championships since 2001? Well, the Lynx have won four, but yeah, this is the Lynx, though. I mean, I know a lot of people here just love them, but yeah, you know, and go for hockey one, too, which is awesome. That, that I love. And Minnesota Duluth has won a couple since then, but yeah, still no major championships. Zero. Zilch. Back the last one was 10 years before that. With that said, the Islanders beat the uh, Minnesota Wilds. Let's go with a 3-2, 3-1-3-2 loss. I think the Wild only get one goal against the Islanders. I just, I, I got a feeling it's going to be one of those punchless games. Maybe we'll be lucky to get two against them. That would be great, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be one of those clamp down 40 shots type of game. You know, you're going to get 35, 40 shots, and the goaltenders are going to be great. It's going to be Lehner versus uh, Alex Stalock. I think Stalock, with his new three-year contract, is going to have an awesome game, but unfortunately will not bring home the victory. If it goes to the shootout, I think the Wild have a legitimate chance to win. I love Stalock in the shootout. I, I love him. Uh, better than Dubnik in the shootout, I think. But uh, it's going to be a fun, entertaining game, but I, in terms of the goaltending, I suppose, if you're Alex Stalock, he'll have a good game. He'll definitely see some work in this one, but I think the Islanders beat the Wild 2-1, to one, maybe 3-1 to one at the end of the day unfortunately. So then we wrap things up with the uh, ever-surging Philadelphia Flyers, who are the streakiest team in hockey. They really are. Uh, yeah, the Wild haven't played New Jersey this year yet, have they? That's interesting. Uh, we're playing them on the 15th. Gosh, that's weird. It seems like yesterday we did play them. Strange. That was last year, wasn't it? Wow, that's weird. Philadelphia, because you know you play them only twice, only twice a year, obviously, home and away. Philadelphia Flyers, the Minnesota Wild will host the Philadelphia Flyers. 
this matchup is what it is. I don't know. I don't like the way the Wild played against this club last time around. Uh, Philadelphia is playing way the heck better. They're above 500 when you consider how awful they were about a month ago when these two teams faced off. Carter Hart has emerged finally as something in net of late. Good for him. 10-5 and five record. Two and a half goals. No shutouts, but very consistent. Save percentage. Almost 9.3. So again, he's facing a lot of shots, but he's getting the job done. Unfortunately, uh, obviously facing so many shots that you know, he's you know struggling a little bit. And with the, the goals against average, is just kind of, you know, it's above average, but could be a lot better considering how well he's playing. Again, that just tells you that he's facing a lot of shots. Uh, two to one win most recently for the Flyers, though, over the Vancouver Canucks, as they have just been spectacular to say the least. Five and oh in their last five. Winnipeg Jets, they beat the Winnipeg Jets three to one on the 28th. They beat the New York Rangers one to nothing. On the 29th, apparently Carter Hart not in net for that one. Must have been Calvin Pickard. <laughs> so we'll just keep moving there. Yeah, we struggled against him last time around. Actually, it wasn't even him. Um, I can't remember who it was now. I'm blanking. I believe it was Alex Lyon, wasn't it? No, McKenna. I, nope, it, it was Alex Lyon. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, well, let's just move on. At Boston, they beat the Boston Bruins, who look really good right now, 3-2 to two win. They beat the Edmonton Oilers 5-4, to four, and most recently a 2-1 to one clampdown effort on February the 4th over the Vancouver Canucks. Certainly a matchup that, well, I'm a little bit more worried about than I was before. It's funny, though, how you went into it. I was worried about it. It just reeked of a trap game. And, well, if we're going to end the streak against Philadelphia, that'd be great, but I just don't feel it. I don't feel it. Uh, Wayne Simmons had that big breakaway goal that was very embarrassing. Poor defense. Big turnover and just out of position. Caught sleeping, so to speak, with the Wild. 16 goals for him. He certainly hasn't been the consistent player he was before. Kind of all over the place. Uh, gosh, he has double the goals that he has assists. He's just not playing the same game he did in the past. Uh, Claude Giroux, clearly a superstar, and he's been one for a while now. Uh, Voracek, also extremely valuable second line center really sets up the power play as well in the second unit and when working with Giroux on occasion uh, Claude Giroux definitely the straw that stirs the drink he's been healthy all season 56 points 40 assists to go a long way uh, Sean Cordier who had one of the goals in that game I believe he had two of them 21 goals on the season to lead the way in that stat category for Philadelphia 21 goals for Sean Cordier um, I just don't feel good about this. I, I don't. I like the way Philadelphia is playing. I don't like the way the Wild played against this club last time around. I don't like the way the Wild have been playing at home. So I think Philadelphia is going to win the game. I, I really do. Let's go with a 3-2, to two, though. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. Maybe 4-3, to three, like a shootout, bullcrap, shootout, bullcrap overtime. Maybe like 4-3 to three overtime type of game. Maybe the Wild tie it up late or Philadelphia gets, you know, some kind of wacky goal to tie it up late. But the Wild fail at the end of the day in overtime, a 4-3 to three loss. The most likely guy to score for Minnesota in this one. Let's go with Jason Zucker, as he's, how quiet he's been, though he did get a goal this past week. He's been so quiet, so invisible. But I do believe Jason Zucker will score against the Philadelphia Flyers in Axel Energy Center. So a 2-2 two two week, that's all I got for you. I'm sorry, I mean, the team's not playing that great right now. Uh, after playing great before the break... Some strange moves that have been made, and it's just kind of hard to say what to make of it. Where's the next move? And of course, without Miko Koivu, it makes things even tougher. It makes Victor Rack's value better, and it also increases uh, Charlie Coyle's value, who had a great game in the absence of Miko Koivu uh, during down, down the stretch. So we'll have to wait and see how long Koivu is out. It's 
it's hard to say. Hard to say. A very unfortunate injury for Mr. Koivu. As now we're just kind of stuck with the lines at Koivu. We're, we're going to expect to see Coyle centering the line with Parisi now. And I don't know. I, mean, I don't know where to go with this one. Probably with Cunning. I think that's a great match right there. Uh, Victor Rask, as of last night, was with Greenway and Cunning. That was good. But Cunning played with Coyle and Parisi later in the game with the injury to Koivu. I expect that to be one of the lines. Of course, Stahl, Granlin, and Zucker will, will continue to be together. Hendricks, Kyle Rao, very happy for him. Wearing that uh, West Walls number 37. That's pretty cool. With Felino anchoring that fourth line. Victor Rask is going to remain the third line center. I expect Coyle to be the second liner with uh, Luke Cunning on the second line. He goes from the AHL back to the second line. How cool is that? So it's going to be extremely interesting to see where things go here as you just kind of look things over. Boy. Um, yep, the uh, defensive pairings are all over the place. Anthony Beato has seen time, got his first minutes, and obviously we talked about that. Wasn't impressive. Uh, Nick Steeler, I expect him to get way more time on ice than, uh, or way more games anyway than uh, Anthony Beato, especially after uh, the showing Wednesday night. That was a joke. So I expect, uh, obviously, Sealer to be there. Beato, I have no idea what to make about that move anyway, other than his connections with Nashville. We're just going to get the Nashville Predators, the Minnesota Predator Wilds, I guess, or the Wild Predators. That sounds better. Uh, Brad Hunt, I like what I see from him, but at the same time, you know, oh, I like what I see from him, but at the same time, he's 30 years old, and if he was so great, why wouldn't he have been, like, why wouldn't he have come around sooner than he has so far? So... It's hard to say what to, what to think about uh, Brad Hunt, but obviously he can score on the power play, and that's very cool, despite his size. So, let's get to the prospects. And as per usual, we open things up with the Iowa Wild, with Cal O'Reilly leading the way, like always, Gerald May, who has definitely emerged nicely during the course of the season, but again, career minor leaguer, 25 years of age, though, that doesn't mean his time is up, per se. Again, Justin Clues no longer here. Kyle Rao up with Minnesota. So again, 25 years old. You're not ancient history yet. Even Sam Honest is 25 years old. He's stepped up of late. 22 points on the season in the 31 games. He's been pretty, pretty damn solid after a few quiet games with the since returning on January the 4th. But since then, he's been pretty strong. Um, been impressed with Will Biden. He just continues to get better and better. Not sure what to make of Mr. Yule uh, <laughs> Erickson Eck. Of course, he did not play last night, but he does have a point a game. He's a point a game at the AHL level, so that's obviously very good. Very good in the AHL level, but since, unfortunately, not going so well. Uh, Stefan Falskowski, <laughs> Falskowski was uh, sent to the ECHL, the Allen Americans, so he's no longer on the Iowa Wild at the moment. Sent back down. Louis Belpedio added a couple of goals this past week. He... Had two goals for the longest time. One goal for the longest time, actually. He's had four goals the past few weeks. Pretty cool to see Louis Belpedio, especially since getting sent down. He's been scoring goals now at 13 points on the season, five on the season. I know that's not a big, sexy number, but, well, he's doing pretty damn good down there of late. Um, evening things out. Uh, also playing some more right shot, which is good. That's one of the reasons why you make these moves. That's actually why I thought the Wild acquired Anthony Beato, but actually it's more of the acquisition of the other guy, Michael Coppola, who had a couple of points last night. A couple of assists. Pretty cool for Michael Coppola. Maybe it looks like something's going on, though. It looks like the Wild moved just recently. I'll have to check into that here in a second. Very interesting thought there. But 
Michael Coppola, again, good start to the season for him uh, with the Iowa Wild, since the acquisition anyway, as the Wild traded away Ryan Murphy for him. He's only uh, about 24 years old. So he, he still has a chance, does Michael Coppola. Two points in the three games. Again, two points. Actually, he's only 23 years old, actually, significantly. Yeah, younger from Alquair, Wisconsin. Good for him. Brennan Mennel at 22 points. He's remained there. Hasn't had any points the past week. The Iowa Wild in the previous two games before last night were not very impressive at all. At the end of the day, they looked pretty lifeless. But then last night, that nice little 4-2 win, that was pretty cool. And again, Kapla, nice game. Of course, uh, Mason Shaw still stuck at 24 points. Unfortunately for him, Matt Reed's been definitely been moving up the numbers a bit for his sake. That's good, but unfortunately, mostly minor leaguers getting most of the points. Other than Biden and uh, Mason Shaw, have certainly been the best uh, wild prospects. Other than again, Hulerick uh, that actually gets to play the game for Iowa. Those two have been the top guys. Of course, again, Kapo Kakinen, Kapo Kapo Kakinen has been spectacular most of the season. Albite, inconsistent. But when he's good, he's unbelievable. Five shutouts on the season, and he won the goalie competition and the skills competition for the AHL. That was uh, freaking awesome at the end of the day, I'd have to say. But something's going on here, and there's no information on it. That sucks. That sucks. Uh, obviously, Nate Prosser, JT Brown sent down. They were waived and ultimately sent down, which I have no problem with either move. I'd rather have Nate Prosser than... Bieto though. Anthony Bieto. I would rather have Nate Prosser than Anthony Bieto. Uh, so I'm kind of confused with that move at the end of the day. I understand you're saving some money, this and that, with some of these moves, but kind of strange. Strange move there. Uh, JT Brown, I'm not impressed at all. I don't think he's done a damn thing. I'd rather have Kyle Rowe. I'd, I'd rather have Kyle Rowe up here than uh, JT Brown. And, well, it's Minnesotan for Minnesotan, so we can't get mad that we're pushing Minnesotans away or anything crazy like that. Mr. Dewar and other prospects have been spectacular. He had six points this past week for Everett. What a great job. Uh, Everett Silvertips for the WHL. He has just been unbelievable. 35 points, 35 assists in his 47 games. Again, six points in the past week. The guy's been tearing it up. The left shot center for the Everett Silvertips. He scores goals. He gets assists. Again, it's the WHL, so we'll just have to wait and see uh, how he produces. Another guy who's on fire is Philip Johansson. He's had two points in the past week. Two points after one goal. No, just one assist in like eternity there. He's now at three points. One goal, one assist in the past week for Philip Johansson. It's like a miracle. It, it is. Uh, interesting article written by uh, Mr. Pavel Bonet about him the past week or so. Uh, that was about two weeks ago, yes, as I was uploading the most recent show again before the break. But yeah, since then, Philip Johansson has been on a tear, <laughs> to say the least, right? Not really. Uh, Jack McBain also had a multi-point game. How cool was that? And now he's at 11 points for the struggling, not-so-good Boston College. 11 points, so half a point a game so far. Six of them goals for Mr. Jack McBain. Another guy, well, who ultimately a week ago, this week, the uh, prospect of the week was Connor Dewar, but last week it was Nick Sweeney. Unfortunately, didn't get to record the show because of the, uh, well, it was the break. So it, was, it wasn't time to record. Uh, Mr. Sweeney had a hat trick in the first game of his series the week before. Unfortunately, this past week, zero points. Stuck at 19, but 11 goals in the season. Great uh, season for Nick Sweeney. Only three points behind last year and uh, nine games to go uh, to even reach last year's pace. So pretty damn cool for uh, Nick Sweeney.
hat trick for Nick Sweeney for Minnesota Duluth. More goals than assists this year. And Brandon Durham has just been consistent, been solid all season. The junior from Parkland, Florida, who plays for Providence College in uh, Massachusetts there. Awesome run for him as well this year. Or I shouldn't even say awesome, but he's playing solid. 22 points in the 28 games, six of them goals. Still setting up players more than anything else. Kind of like uh, Jordan Greenway at the collegiate level. We'll see what happens there. Greenway becoming a little bit more of a goal scorer in the NHL. Uh, Dmitry Sokolov, I should also mention. Gosh, he'd been so quiet for so long. Finally tacked on his 10th assist. Oh, he was stuck at 9 goals, 9 assists for what felt like a month there. And he has been playing on the fourth line for Iowa, which is disappointing. Disappointing. I mean, Will Biden's going to catch him. He's only two points behind. But, oh boy, Nick uh, Sokolov added an assist. He was only one point behind was uh, Biden. Sokolov added, finally got his 10th assist. Now 19 points for him. So the struggle continues there. Uh, Jack Sadik having a career year in points. And, of course, he's leading the Gophers in minutes as a to the top defenseman for that club. Top scoring defenseman, top right shot defenseman, blah, 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 blah. 12 points on the season. Not spectacular numbers, but not bad. Three goals on the year, 12 official points. So at least a career high for him at the collegiate level for the senior defenseman of the Gophers, who will probably be on the Iowa Wild come April, hopefully as a national champion. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. The odds of that club making the tournament are like one in a bajillion, I think, because of, not because they're the worst team ever. Obviously, their pairing is not good. They won't get in via their pairing. They'll only get in via winning the tournament. The fact of the matter is, this team cannot string together wins. If you're going to win a tournament, you got to string together consecutive victories, and the Gophers can't do it. I mean, the only time they swept anybody was the, yeah, freaking Notre Dame, which is an incredible victory, but since then, it just doesn't happen. It's just 1-1 one one or 0-2 oh for this club. They just can't get it done, so I'm not really optimistic about the Golden Gophers making the NCAA tournament because of that fact, but nice senior season for Jack Sadick, albeit a bit lifeless at times, and an occasion in that Wisconsin game, and last weekend versus Michigan. Sometimes you just watch him and it's like, oh, wake up out there. Wake up, Jack Stadick. Please. I'm begging you. Not been uh, uber impressed with him so far, even though he's he is the best defenseman on the Gophers, but that's, that's not saying much this season, and it's disappointing to say the least, but uh, I like the class that uh, Fenton and, of course, Brent Flair brought, brought in, the uh, former assistant coach now for the uh, assistant coach, assistant general manager for the Minnesota Wild in the past, who's now gone and rejoined Chuck Fletcher in Philadelphia. Mr. Curvers, obviously, is now the general manager of the Iowa Wild and, of course, assistant GM and potentially does the drafts and will be working with uh, Mr. Fenton on these. But a, a good class, a good class in the first era of Paul Fenton because, of course, he had to approve and sign off on these. He's not going to just let you draft whoever you want and screw up the team on your way out. Not that he would screw it up, but still. <laughs> Not that I think Brent Flair would screw it up, but I think it's a little different philosophy than you saw from Chuck Fletcher. Uh, uh, Sam Henches also still stuck at 12 points. Kind of been quiet, unfortunately, for St. Cloud State, but that team continues to be number one in the country. Jacob Golden, another guy who was a bit quiet. Oh, yeah, Bryce Misley added another point the past race. He's got three on the year now. Huge disappointment for uh, the University of Vermont. Oh, it's too bad. I was going to look at Jacob Golden as well. Um, yeah, he's been quiet, unfortunately, but he also did get moved. He hasn't been that quiet. He's been okay. 12 points on the year. That's not bad, actually, for Jacob Golden, considering how quiet he was last year until much later in the season. He was moved from the London Knights, who he'd been on for three years, to the Erie Otters, which is uh, Ivan Lodnia's former club. Look at Lodnia again for a second. He's still at about a point a game, but no, he's actually not been playing. He's been out forever, unfortunately, so that's a big shame. 
for him at the end of the day. The guy we all love is Kyle Kovanov. I think he's got a, just a great future. He's been tearing it up, of course, in the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. 55 points, 21 goals on the season. He's also a left-shot center for the Moncod Wildcats. Again, I'll say it for the 99th show in a row. <laughs> Very happy that he's in North America, just like Dmitry Sokolov was. Maybe one day he'll play together with uh, Kirill Kaprizov, but we'll see. Sokolov, uh, Sokolov, actually. Uh, hopefully he can step it up a bit. Kind of sad that he's on the fourth line there in Iowa. That can't be good. With that said, I'm going to wrap up the show. So f- at this point, I'll give up the phone lines. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout out, comment, question, and opine. You can also do the call now button on the Facebook page. It is... Just simply click on it. You go right through Facebook Messenger and you jump on board there. Very easy. Then there's the audio submission route. All you have to do is use your free voice recording application on your smartphone, smart device, whatever it is. Treat it like a phone call. Keep it to about five minutes or so. Save it and send it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Live at yahoo.com. And I will then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to converto.com or the uh, zamzar.com two great websites that are kind enough to give free service at least for a small enough file to convert it into an mp3 file to get it on this uh, audacity and run the show and everything is ready to rock and roll and your voice is on here with mine please uh, continue to write (laughs) positive ratings on itunes if you could did get one most recently again i guess it was in mid-january i didn't see it for some reason sometimes it takes a while for them to pop up but uh, i noticed how the number changed i'm like oh cool can't thank you enough. I'm going to get to that here right now, if I can see it. But uh, those of you that have done it, I can't thank you enough. I, I really can't. Uh, where was the newest one? I was There it is. CJ1101 is the uh, screen name, anyway, the username. Really great podcast to get recaps on what's going on at the Wild. Very informative and enjoyable. Thank you so very much. And again, a five-star rating. Greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. I can't thank you enough for... Uh, doing that as the the rating the overall rating has gone up and it's been very helpful those of you that have done that and any of you out there that are willing to do that please please continue to do that it makes the show more and more attractive to uh potential listeners to the show and uh, again can't thank you enough at the end of the day with that said i'm wishing all of you a good week hopefully a positive week for the wild maybe another trade happens because the trade deadline is still looming and everybody believes each trade is setting up the next one with the Quavo injury now who knows what's going to happen? I don't think the Wild were on the verge of trading Koivu or anything, but uh, I don't know. We may not be in a quick hurry to trade Eric Stahl anytime soon because of that. Not that any of you are pining to trade Eric Stahl, but maybe you have to at some point to build the team and get some more draft picks. With that said, hope all of you had a good week and uh, stay warm, take care, and we'll talk to you next week.